This is your KVNF Regional Newscast for Wednesday, February 28th. I'm Lisa Young. Governor Polis and cabinet members released the second version of the Climate Action Plan this week. The plan aims to cut greenhouse gas pollution in half by 2030 and make progress toward net zero greenhouse gas pollution by 2050. First released in 2021, the original Greenhouse Gas Pollution Reduction Roadmap laid out a set of near-term commitments to reduce emissions across economic sectors. Roadmap 2.0 will build on previous actions to address emissions from transportation, electricity generation, buildings, oil and gas, industry, and agriculture, natural and working lands. In addition, Roadmap 2.0 includes a new section on strategic growth, including supporting sustainable housing development, expanding access to more transportation options, and preserving agricultural and natural lands. The minimum number of voter and polling locations and drop boxes across the state are now open for the March 5th presidential primary. As of late Sunday night, just over 519,000 ballots had been returned to county clerks across Colorado. This year's Delta Health Foundation putting on the Ritz Gala held in January raised roughly $53,000 for local health care provider Delta Health, according to the Delta County Independent. The event held at Heritage Hall at the Delta County Fairgrounds in Hotchkiss provided a dinner, live music, a bar, and numerous donated silent auction items, as well as a few items for live auction, including a shotgun, a painting made of eggshells, and a puppy. Delta Health Foundation Executive Director Darnell Placewise says the foundation provided $75,000 in support last year. The Colorado Supreme Court recently heard oral arguments in a case that could impact how people bring liability claims to ski resorts. The Miller family of Oklahoma sued Crestibute after their 16-year-old daughter fell 30 feet off a chairlift and was permanently paralyzed as a result of her injuries. The family's attorney, Bruce Braley, argued to the Supreme Court that signing a waiver with a ski pass should not protect a resort from liability due to the Colorado Passenger Tramway Safety Act, which governs ski lifts. Regulations adopted by the Tramway Board that require operators to be in a position to observe and respond to conditions exactly like the one in this case that led to Annie Miller's catastrophic injuries. Attorney Mike Hoffman is representing Crestibute. He argued that skiing is an inherently risky activity, which is why resorts have people sign waivers in the first place. We allow the waiver defense because no one's required to ski. It's not a practical necessity of life. It's not something that people need. And as my friends point out, people can go elsewhere to ski if they want to. Challenge Aspen, Colorado Ski Country, USA, and the National Ski Areas Association have all signed on to the lawsuit to support Crestibute. They agree with Hoffman's argument and say that if organizations that provide ski experiences to minors aren't protected from some risk, they may not be able to provide services at all. The court will issue its written ruling any time in the next one to nine months. A museum exhibit and accompanying book and film are exploring the complicated history of Buffalo soldiers in the West. For Rocky Mountain Community Radio, Clark Adamitis of KSUT and KSJD has more. This project aims to, you know, shine a light on African-American contributions to the West. 
Eric Carpio is the director of History Colorado's Fort Garland Museum in the San Luis Valley in southern Colorado. The museum is running the exhibit Buffalo Soldiers Revision. A film about the exhibit was screened recently at Fort Lewis College in Durango. Many Buffalo Soldiers were formerly enslaved before they joined the service, and so it's a story as well about you know freedom and aspiration and resilience, while also, uh, again, looking at that complexity and the role that they were often asked to play being on the front lines of the removal of indigenous people. After the Civil War, the United States hired recently freed black men to serve in cavalries across the American West to defend the country's expanding border. One place they were stationed was Fort Garland in modern-day Colorado. As the U.S. annexed more states in the late 1800s, the brutal oppression of Native people continued. But Buffalo soldiers had a more nuanced role. Eric Carpio explains in a Q&A panel following the film screening. You know, one of the roles that Ninth Cavalry played uh, in the Valley was not just keeping mute members off of now white land, but also keeping white settlers and miners, traders, others off of the reservation as well, which also like adds another dynamic to this complicated story. And my approach to this project was really through the research. Esther Berlin is a Navajo woman and a professor at Fort Lewis College in Durango. She contributed original poetry to the exhibit at the Fort Garland Museum. She says in reckoning with the tough history of black soldiers and indigenous people in Colorado, she felt grief. Realizing that I had a personal emotional connection through the land, through the people, through the recovery of stories. And so part of it was to kind of figure out what is my role in this narrative? How can I honor these stories and kind of breathe life into them after they've been, you know, sort of hidden? One Buffalo soldier named John Taylor moved to La Plata County after his service in the 1800s, married a Ute woman, and worked as an interpreter with area tribes. The Mawach and the Capote bands of Utes were removed from that area and brought here. Johnny Taylor Valdez is the great-grandson of John Taylor and a Southern Ute tribal member. He helped with the historical analysis at the Fort Garland exhibit. He says it's important to address the erasure of both black people and native people from history. Our local people have the opportunity to come out and listen to the artist, hear the story, understand what's happened. Their story is still being told in their homeland, in their original place where they always will belong. The Buffalo Soldier exhibit at Fort Garland does not yet have a closing date. For KSUT and KSJD, I'm Clark Adamitis. That story was shared with us via Rocky Mountain Community Radio, a network of public media stations in Colorado, Wyoming, Utah, and New Mexico, including KVNF. Be sure and tune in tonight at 6 p.m. as KVNF's Taya J interviews author Rebecca Boyle on her new book, Our Moon, How Earth's Celestial Companion Transformed the Planet, Guided Evolution, and Made Us Who We Are. Taya and Rebecca discuss how the moon has shaped our daily rhythms how science fiction informs space exploration, and some important things to consider as our relationship with the moon evolves. That's your KVNF Regional Newscast for today. I'm Lisa Young. If you have news tips or ideas, please send those to news at kvnf.org. 
For more news reporting and in-depth stories, check out KVNF Stories on our website. Thanks for listening.